Welcome to a Honeybee Podcast, where we talk about all things life, love, law, and legacy. I'm your host, Erica Diamond. Before we get down to business, let's start with a prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message you have downloaded in my spirit to share today. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Have your way. I pray that anyone listening in be open to hear your voice open their spiritual ears to hear you and even if and when you have me speak about anything difficult to hear i pray that my listeners have softened and willing hearts i bind up any darkness so that there are no distractions nor hindrances during our time together and i lose the ministering angels to minister to each and every person under the sound of my voice. Use me as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name, amen. Dad, we need you. You are not irrelevant. You are not useless. You are not a loser. You are not unwanted. Your family needs you. Society needs you. Your sons and daughters need you. Godly fathers have been the backbone of strong families the secret behind happy children, and the zing, the spice, in the step of satisfied wives. The devil has used society to spew messages of rejection to you all, but today I am here as a mouthpiece of the Most High to speak the truth. You were called to an honorable position that comes with tremendous responsibility. Through Christ and Christ alone will you have strong character, courage, and integrity, always standing up for truth. Dad, we need you. All right, you guys. So today I want to start out with some disclaimers because I know that some people that are going to be listening in and the way the world is going, they will use it to their absolute utmost advantage. And so I wanted to um, really just start out by saying that the message today is for those that really want to um, not only want to, but that actually are taking their walk with the Lord serious or for someone that's listening in and says, wait a minute, I want to be better in this area. Um, you know, being a, a follower of Christ means that I am open and I'm teachable to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And, you know, even if I think that, hey, I'm doing well, um, the Holy Spirit is always there to guide us and to kind of bring these things um, to the surface to say, hey, you know, can I can I give you an extra tool? Um, This tool actually would work a lot better than this one that you've been using over here. So um, this is in no way. you know, putting anyone down. Uh, It's here to encourage those that are already doing a phenomenal job or a good job. 
um, to be able to always strive for excellence and then also for that person that may not be doing great in this area um, that you may be doing some of the things that I'm going to be listing today. Um, and then uh, just a beautiful reminder that the Lord does meet us where we are and doesn't leave us there. He wants us to constantly be striving for uh, excellence and not perfection, excellence. There's a big difference between someone always striving so that they see, look at me and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And then that person that believes in excellence, which is doing what you're doing unto the Lord. Okay. So I wanted to start out with that um, so that we have um, truly open hearts, open ears to hear the message from the Lord today. So as we get into the word, um, we learn so many things that God is and um, what he does for us. One of the biggest things that stands out is how God makes us feel safe. Okay. Um, there's so many passages in the Bible that, that talk about God being our safety, our shelter. Uh, we're going to go into those verses today. Um, a lot of them pulling from the book of Psalms. And one of my favorites in particular, uh, Psalm 91. Uh, with that said, men must move the way God called them to move. Men must move the way God called them to move. Not the way they think, not the way their parents thought, not the way society is saying how to move. Men must move the way God has told them to move. And the only way that men are going to understand this is if they fully submit their lives to Christ and are following what the word actually says. Today, we are going to get into the five common ways that dads make their kids feel unsafe. And as we dive into that, if you are exhibiting anything on this list, please make sure, as I mentioned previously, that the Lord will meet you where you are. It's as simple as a quick repentance and then reconciliation. You want to make sure that you are going back to your child and you are able to apologize to them, right? Uh, if we want to show our children um, the right way to grow up, the, the uh, positive characteristics, um, character traits, um, we have to be able to exhibit that first and foremost. Um, the Lord says um, in his word that um, men are to be like Christ. 
um, to the wife, of course, first and foremost, and then it trickles down to um, the the children. Okay. So today I want to help uh, you guys, um, those that are already dads and those that are not even fathers. Uh, it's so amazing when we learn these things ahead of time so that we don't make those kinds of mistakes uh, when you finally are in that mix. Um, I want to be able to help you guys to um, grow and be better um, and really showcase the love of Christ. Real men show emotion and they give affection. And how do we know this to be true? If you dive into the word, you will see exactly how the Lord loves his people. All right, so the five ways that dads make their kids feel unsafe. Number one is overreacting. Um, kids are unpredictable. We don't know what's gonna happen from one minute to the next. They may be clumsy and spill something. They may throw a tantrum, of course, depending on the age. Um, they're, you know, they do have uh, consequences for their actions. Absolutely. However, today we're not necessarily discussing the child per se, but the father's actions. So when you're in these types of situations, I understand people have their point of view, like, oh my God, this is frustrating, or, uh, this is stressful all of those types of things. The reality is that when you actually have control over your own emotions, you are able to help the child in that actual situation. I want to give you um, just a, a, an insight into why people really get frustrated in those types of situations. Number one, you are getting frustrated or stressed out or feeling like tension is building um, because there's something inside of you that has never been dealt with, okay? Um, a lot of times people think that when they're triggered, they just get away from those things that are triggering them. But the reality is that um, that's gonna follow you everywhere. It may not be that same person, but you will be put back in that situation uh, to be able to rectify that, to be able to heal from it. And so uh, bottom line, if you can control your emotions instead of letting your emotions control you, you would be able to take a breath and think before you even dare react, first of all, you wouldn't even react, you would now be able to respond um, in that situation. And furthermore, you would be able to teach your child what it is to have self-control and to be able to um, truly take the lead in a situation and respond to it.
in a healthy manner at that. All right. This this would all be in a healthy manner. And as fathers, uh, even mothers, but again, today we're talking to the dads, um, but as fathers being the leaders of your household, uh, you, you want to show that you are walking in your God-given authority. So that's kind of like number two. The first one is there's something that you haven't dealt with, that's something inside of you that needs to be worked on. And number two, um, you don't actually believe in your God-given authority. I said that to somebody before and, you know, it was a mom actually. And she had to kind of take a step back and she's like, but wait a minute, I'm the mom and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, you can say whatever you'd like, but based off of your actions, you're not showing, right? We can speak all we want. We can say whatever we want. But if we're not actually acting as such, well, what was the point of that word? It doesn't mean anything. So if your actions are not showing that you have a God-given authority, right? Authority in the way that the Lord has told you to move. of course things are going to be chaotic and um, you're, you're going to overreact. You are probably going to explode in a situation that actually required the total opposite. So I want to just speak this reminder for dads out there listening. And again, those that are going, you know, that are going to become dads one day that that are thinking about um, their future children. Volatility makes children feel unsafe. So how many of us have heard there's a time and place for every, everything, right? Um, while <clears throat> while you think of volatility as um, well, first of all, the definition of volatility is um, basically being able to change rapidly. It's like unpredictable. Um, you're going to learn that in life, right? You're going to experience that in life, and we have to be okay with that in life. Um, this is not the time for that. As a child is growing, they need to have a stable environment. They need to be able to grow in a way that there's consistency. And part of that is you controlling your emotions. So number one, again, overreacting. You may think, well, you know what? I told them to sit down and do X, Y, Z, and this is why this spilled and this got messed up and, and all that, right? 
So you may, you may be thinking, hey, I'm justified by the way I'm reacting to this situation. But the reality is, if you are walking in your God-given authority as a father, you would have already foreseen multiple steps ahead. And multiple steps ahead would be, what is my child seeing? How are they seeing me respond or react in this situation? What are they learning from me, the leader of my household, that they're now going to bring into their household when they get older? Am I teaching toxic methods? Or am I teaching godly methods? And I want everyone to remember also, um, there's this, uh, this, this line, this, this line that has just been um, just really um, ringing in my ears for the past uh, few days, almost weeks now. And God, it's, it's God will not be mocked. I've been hearing this. Um, you know, I, I heard it in a dream. I just, when I'm praying, I keep hearing the same thing. I had, um, a friend of mine even say it in conversation the other day. And I, I want the people that are listening to realize that you are not to judge yourself in this, right? So you could say, oh no, I know I'm doing what I have to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm not overreacting. Like this was, you know, the best way for me to handle this X, Y, Z. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, um, then, then you are perfect and you can shut this off now and you don't need to listen to the rest. Um, this would only be for those that, uh, have a teachable heart and that are open to improvement. Okay. Um, because a lot of times what we do, um, to be able to hide our, um, little bits of inadequacies or, um, or, or those areas where we really do need to improve, instead of saying, hey, I have a teachable heart, I want to do better, we go to the opposite. And now we feel shame. But see, the Lord doesn't condemn us. And that's what we have to keep in mind. If you go back to my previous podcast on emotions and feelings and thoughts and actions, um, I could go so much more in depth than I did in that particular podcast, but even just that alone talked about how, um, you know, we have these emotions, we got these feelings, uh, they are really to guide us to figure out where we're going and how we're going to respond in certain situations. And a lot of times, uh, like I said, if you're dealing with a specific issue in your own life, in your own self, okay, um, sometimes and more times than not, the devil will come and say, Hey, I got an open door. I'm going to go ahead and just play with them. I'm just going to just plant this little seed. So they think they actually feel this way. 
So they think that they, um, you know, this thought is theirs. And I'm going to get them to say it out loud so they claim it. And now it's going to be theirs. And now they're going to roll with it and it's going to be a domino effect. And this is what he does, right? He comes to kill and steal and destroy. And so we are giving him that little, um, excuse excuse me, the little inch. He's going to run the mile. (laughs) He's going to roll with that. We want to remember that if in that moment we are feeling some type of shame, like, man, I did this, like, oh, but I did this because X, Y, Z. Don't even go to that extent. Okay, I did this. Now what? I'm sorry, Lord. How can I improve in this area? Shut shame up. Do that. Take a second. Take a breather. Think through your response and tell shame to shut up. And say yes to God in having a teachable spirit and choosing to um, think so that you are able to respond in those situations. Now, are we never going to feel stressed out? Are we never going to feel like, oh my gosh, I want to explode right now. This is frustrating, right? Are we never going to feel that way? No. Again, we have emotions and feelings on a day-to-day basis, like minute by minute, you name it, right? That, that's, that's inside of us. That's the being that he created us to be. However, there's a difference between your emotions and feelings and then now putting that into actions, which toxically would be reacting. And in this case, it's considered overreacting because in this type of situation, God wants you to move the way he told you to move. And in this situation, you are called to respond and not react, let alone overreact. You have been called to teach your child how to respond in life's situations. So I've heard people say, oh, well, I'm just preparing my child for life. Is that what God told you to do in that fashion? Because that would mean that you're teaching your child that when they get pissed off, when they get stressed, when they get frustrated, it's okay to cross someone else's boundary. It's okay to make someone else feel unsafe. It's okay to explode. It's okay to be disrespectful. That's what you're teaching your child in that moment when you choose to overreact instead of saying, hey, I, as a man with the authority that God gave me, I'm going to move the way he wants me to move. 
and I'm going to choose to respond in these situations. So I not only teach my child what to do for themselves, but also I'm making sure that my child feels safe, which is what God does for me. Number two, inconsistency, being inconsistent. This is going to sting some people. Being consistent makes you more reliable and trustworthy. We know that we have a God that we can trust with anything. Starting with our emotions and feelings and so on. We can trust him to always be there for us. We can trust that he's always going to listen. We can trust that he's always going to protect us. We can trust that he has a purpose and a plan for us. And that in turn is how your child should feel with you. When a dad displays inconsistency, the child literally has nothing to depend on. Nothing. And it's not only what dad says. Remember, it is action. Actions speak louder than words. So kids need to be able to see dads show consistency in the relationships that they have, how the dad is, re, is, um, uh, is acting um, or, or, you know, um, dealing with that person. Like how, how are they in relationship with others, with their spouse, with their um, family, even if they have a toxic family how are they responding to those situations in a godly manner? What about their own boundaries, right? Um, me as a dad, as a leader, am I carving out time um, and disciplining myself to uh, grow closer with the Lord? Am I showing my child that prayer matters? Am I teaching my child the word of God? Am I um, disciplining um, my own self, right? In my life, is there discipline in um, how I take care of my body and what I eat, what I watch, how I speak? How consistent am I with myself first and foremost so that I can be that example for my child? If dads say that they're going to do something, you need to follow through. Bottom line is what you say that you're going to, to do while you may think it could be strong, um, small or, or uh, insignificant even, 
that child is watching and listening to everything. Being a man means to um, be a follower of your word. If you say something, do it. If you can't do it, voice that. Voice it. Some people say, oh, you know, and, and I'm going to be a pushover if I do this. And, you know, um, I don't have to answer to a kid and this, that, and the other. But you know what's so crazy? Um, let's go back to the word and see how Christ actually moves. Does he say when you're praying, oh, you know, Lord, and and I just need your protection and I, and I just don't feel your love right now. Well, I mean, I already told you. So like, if you don't feel my love, then, you know, you, 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 you got problems. He doesn't deal with us in that manner. He's very humble. So number one, overreacting. Number two, being inconsistent. Those are two ways that children will feel unsafe with a father if they are doing these things. Number three, this is going to be probably stepping on some toes, okay? Um, number three is having a turbulent relationship with their mother. In today's society, it, it oh my God, it, it's like it disgusts me and it saddens me at the same time that there's so much divorce. It's unbelievable how the devil is literally like, he's going to town with that one. So, and we're not even talking about just couples that have split. <clears throat> we have couples today that are still married and their children are looking at them and saying, you might as well be divorced. Like, there's no love. I don't see Christ at all in your marriage. So first and foremost, you say, okay, well, I don't deal well with this person. You don't have to. If you're not together, you don't have to deal well with that person. You don't have to be best friends, etc. You do have to respect. Simple respect. If that person is harsh or rash or um, overreactive or toxic in whatever manner, your job as a father is to make sure that you maintain that boundary of you can act however you want to act, but I will always be respectful. I will never stoop down to a low level. I will always be respectful. Your kids will see that. And mark my words, kids are smarter than people think. They're smarter than what people give them credit for. Trust me when I say that even if you say certain things, right? Because unfortunately, some people manipulate. Some people only have a story in their head. And now they're saying, hey, you know, and this is how I felt. And, and this is this and this. It's like, okay, um, yeah, remember, 
feelings are real. Go back to podcast number two. Um, feelings are, are real. Absolutely. But are they yours? Is it the absolute truth? Think about that. And a lot of times we can't even answer those questions because when we are blinded to whatever Satan has, um, you know, put in front of us, we have like scales over our eyes and we can only see through, let just pretend you have some glasses on right now. You put sunglasses on and they're tinted. I'm going to see the outside world tinted to whatever that color is. Well, the same thing goes for Satan. Go ahead and put those glasses on. It's only when you take those off that you're now able to see what the real truth is. Not yours, not this person, not that. No, the truth. There's only one truth. So if you actually are involved, so let's just say, let's go back to people that are actually married. Okay. Because you really don't have control in the other scenario. You only have control over yourself and how you maintain yourself, um, you know, with that respect and, um, common decency and walking in integrity. Okay. So let's go back to a marriage. Okay. Um, if you are married to the mother of your children, you must love her work on your marriage daily. This is what the children are going to see. They want to make sure that you are loving that woman properly. If she doesn't like something, you shouldn't be doing it. And I'm not saying bickering things, right? I'm not like the toilet seat was left up and you didn't put the cap on the, 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 the um, toothpaste. I'm not talking about that. Those are like little... Let, 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 let's grow up guys. <laughs> um, we could do better in those areas. Yes. But, uh, we're talking about foundational pieces. Okay. Foundational pieces. Are you respecting her? Are you loving her? Are you treating this woman the way that you promised in the beginning? And also, which should be number one, the way Christ has treated his people going above and beyond sacrificing leading people think oh well i i, I went to work and i brought money and you know i love her of course look see i'm paying all the bills um My dad paid the bills too. Are, am I living with my dad or my partner? What are we doing here? And also by saying things like that, are you complaining? You signed up for this, right? No one forced you to get married. I would think for those of you men that have gotten married, did you take a second and see what God has to say about the man in marriage? Did he say, if she rubbed you the wrong way today, you don't have to love her. If the kids are loud and rowdy, you don't have to love them. 
I've never heard that. All right, number four, encouraging performance-based value. Eesh. So we want our kids to know that their value is not based on their performance. I know this one oh too well. Always doing and doing and doing and doing, and it was never enough. And it went into my adulthood. And when I'm going to say crap ended up hitting the fan, it was like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Do I not, you know, um, cook well enough or clean well enough? Or am I not that exciting? Or am I not this? It, it truly starts to affect um, their, their confidence. Everyone has value just for being them. When we encourage performance-based value, we are showing more importance to these achievements, like what they're doing as opposed to who they really are. Now, I want to really quickly say that if that's the way that you grew up, there's always time to make a choice and change for the better. A lot of times um, the things that we're doing are things that we've actually learned. So somehow, some way, you know, mother, father, some adult in your life, you saw um, acting in this manner and you picked it up. And so bottom line is, if they believe that they need to perform to have value, then kids are going to go ahead and grow up um, living with this underlying anxiety. Okay. Um, and then they're constantly trying to prove themselves, constantly trying to figure out, well, I did this. So why not this? When the reality is, that there's so much value in just them being who they are. Remember, we've all um, been created. We all have been created with a purpose, with a plan by the most high. And that's what they need to know and feel and hear from you as a father. Now, it's okay if you want to compliment them and say, you know, hey, great job with the spelling bee or the math bee, or if they're in sports, wow, awesome time with this and your throw was amazing and, and yada, yada. You can go ahead and compliment them, absolutely. But when that's all they're hearing and they don't hear anything about themselves, wow, that was a loving thing to do. Um, with your brother over there, or, um, you know, thank you for saying that, you know, I noticed that you are, um, you know, you have this, this, um, this gift to encourage others, keep that up. Where is a value that you see inside of them, aside from those other achievements, school and sports and stuff like that. Because that's what the Lord does for us. He says, you are a child of God. He says, you are mine. 
You are loved. You are cherished. You have a purpose. That's the way he speaks to us. You as a father moving the way God instructed you to move, this is what you would be doing. And last but not least, number five, over criticizing and under affirming. So whether we like it or not, whether we see it or not, all of the kids in this world seek approval. And more times than not, a dad's approval. Many dads, unfortunately, only comment when their kids need to learn and improve, right? So we see these teachable moments and we see an opportunity to help our kids get better, but then all they hear is criticism. So if God came to you and he says, Oh, you messed up there. No, I don't like the way you said that. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, come on, stop. What, what's wrong with you? Oh my God. And I'm not saying that you, you you speak like that You're to your child, but just think that's the way you would hear it if he didn't say, hey, I love you. Hey, you're enough. Hey, you are mine. You, you are mighty. You have the, the peace of Jesus. I can strengthen you. All those things. He does that. And he sends the Holy Spirit to help us to learn and improve. It's well-rounded. Again, a man that wants to move the way that the Lord instructed him to will know that he also needs to be well-rounded when dealing with his children. As much as you are um, giving constructive criticism, constructive, okay? Uh, constructive criticism is not belittling your child, is not putting them down, is not shaming them. There's no excuse for that. No real man does that. Only cowards do. Only someone that has issues in themselves would seek to or be okay with or try to justify that type of toxicity. That's not a real man. I've seen people, um, men, group of men playing basketball. It's like, oh, you nothing. Oh, you whack. Oh, you this. Oh, you this. And I can see it to an extent, like people say, oh, men are going to be men and they, you know, this, that, and the other, and they goof off like that. And, you know, um, but I will say that there are some that actually take that and bring it home. And that's how they're treating their wife and their children. And, and that is supposed to be acceptable because I know what's best for you and you need to stop doing this and you need to grow and you need to learn and you need to be ready for the real world and this, that, and the other, but that's not the, that's not what God told you to do. That's not even the way God treats you. So when did we allow society to rule our lives and dictate how we should be as, or not we, you should be as fathers. 
when did we say, uh, when did God say that society um, has more power and has a say so um, that's more powerful than his word? I never heard God say that. So. Keep in mind that when we're over criticizing and under affirming, right? There's no balance. It makes them feel like they're not good enough and potentially unloved. And some people say, man, that's like far from the truth. I don't want them to feel that way. Okay. Then you have a choice. You now have these tools to understand that, hey, I don't want to do this. I'm going to choose to do this. You have that choice. You have that power. It's in your control to choose different now that you've learned different. Bottom line is you want to look for the things that they do well and point them out. And then also consistently affirm them as people. In my weekly Bible course uh, with my youth group, um, I always give them an intention for the week. Okay, so they have a whole week to let this um, question um, ponder, um, or, or they ponder on it, and um, you know they they are able to take action. They have a whole week to kind of think it through and see, um, you know, what's what. How can I? Um, put this into action somehow. Okay. And so um, for the fathers out there, um, and even, um, like I said, those that are thinking about fatherhood in the near future, um, you, you want to be thinking, and again, those that are fathers now, you, you want to actually implement this now. I urge you to huddle up with your kids and ask this humble question. Two questions, actually. Is there anything that I do to make you feel unsafe? And if so, what are some things that make you feel unsafe? And if it's a younger child, um, try to get them to... Or, or actually try to explain it in a way that they're going to understand it. Think about these five points that we talked about today and say, you know, hey, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, but it doesn't matter how young or how old the child is. You want to be talking to your child on a consistent basis. Again, the Lord does that with you. Real men move the way God has instructed you to move because he does the same for you. I want to go into a couple Bible verses. Um, and I, I really want to show um, men how the Lord um, really shows up and is, um, you know, a, a safe place for us. 
So I mentioned Psalm 91. In Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadows of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. This author we know as David, he has placed himself with the Lord and he doesn't question if God is going to overreact that day. If God is going to say, hey, you didn't do enough. You didn't pray enough today. You didn't read enough of the word today. I, I'm not sure I can love you still. He's not worried about that. He knows who God is and he believes that. He holds it so dear to um, to himself and he trusts because the Lord is so consistent, right? Because the Lord's promises are never void. Um, he knows, hey, you are my shelter, you are my refuge, you are my fortress in whom I trust. I can only hope and pray that that's something that you would want your children to feel from you. Um, again, we're, we're all human and we are going to make mistakes. However, when we learn a better method of doing things, when we realize, hey, God is speaking to me and he wants me to do better. He wants me to cut out this toxic way of being. He wants me to be more like him. I say yes. That's what he wants. And so I just want to share with you a couple of ways that the Lord um, makes us feel safe. If we know him and we know what he does for us, we are able to then move the way he wants us to move. So number one, God's protection means that you are inaccessible to the enemy, no matter what the circumstances. Now, before I get into any of this, I know some people say, well, you know, but I've been going through these trials. So does that mean that God doesn't love me and this, that, and the other? I want to go ahead and and, and talk about, um, just off the top of my head, two analogies that come to mind. The first one being um, when you go to, um, let's say, bake a cake, okay? I was going to say make some cookies, but I'm in the mood for cake, so we're going to talk about cake. Um, so you have all these different materials, right? And you look at the materials and you say, okay, so I have my dry materials, um, maybe some baking soda, some flour, um, cinnamon, I don't know, whatever, you, whatever cake you're doing, cocoa, cause you're making chocolate, you know, whatever. Um, then you have your wet ingredients. You have, um, maybe some vanilla, you have eggs, you have milk or water. Um, so you have all these different ingredients. And I, I, right, I could look at that, someone that's not a baker, let's just say, I could look at that and I could say, that is a cake. That's not a cake. And it's like, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're misjudging the materials. Hold on a second. 
right? So when we talk about certain things, um, I urge everyone to always um, see it from the big picture and from the scenario that we're talking about. So today we're talking about how the Lord um, makes us feel safe, um, ways that fathers can make their children feel unsafe. And by looking at how the Lord makes you feel safe, you are now able to implement those things and stop those toxic behaviors and do better for your children the way that God is constantly doing for you. With that said, we're not talking about, you know, oh, you're going through this trial because the Lord is testing you and this, that, and the other. Completely different scenario, right? Another analogy that I think um, in my mind is like um, someone that has tools. And so if I go now to try to build something and I need an Allen key, but all I have is a um, flathead screwdriver, um, like I'm misjudging the scenario here, right? Um, I cannot um, do this thing. I can't build this thing if I need an Allen key and all I have is a flathead because that's the wrong tool um, for this situation. Okay, so hold on to that. Um, when you start thinking these things of like, well, does that mean God? And, and, and it, no, that, that totally different scenarios. Okay, so um, uh, a couple places where we see that God's protection means that you're inaccessible to the enemy. Um, if we go to Daniel 6, uh, verses 6 through 22, um, in that situation, uh, God's. Um, God was Daniel's refuge in the um, in the lion's den. Okay, um, read that on your own time. I would urge you to read truly the whole book of um, Daniel. It's phenomenal. Um, Daniel three twelve through twenty seven. Read that also. Okay, um, this is when uh, God was a refuge to the three that were actually in the fire pit, right? So they, they were not going to do what the king had said and the king decided to throw them into um, the, the fiery furnace and the Lord showed up there as well, okay? So they were encompassed by the, the power of God um, in, in all those situations. And um, again, reminder, I, I already read uh, Psalms 91, um, I'm going to read verse four also, but I, I encourage you to read Psalm 91. Um, men, I encourage you to read that on your own and get revelation from the Lord. And then also please read that with your wife. Please read that with your children. It's so important. Um, so powerful. Um, verse four in Psalm 91 says under his wings, we find refuge. So how many times is this repeated where there's so much safety found in the Lord. And that's the way that he wants you to move um, within your family as well. Number two, God has covered you with a garment of light. Um, if we go to Psalm 104, one through two, it says, Oh Lord, my God, you are clothed with honor and majesty. You are the one who covers yourself with light as a garment. Okay. So it's pretty much like um, this light is like the, the his glory, okay? 
um, in uh, Psalm 8, 5. Um, let's see. Psalm 8, 5. It talks about, um, let's see. Being created in God's image and God crowns him with glory and honor. Okay, Psalm 93, that's another good one. Um, as he sang God's praises, Adam looked uh, truly looked divine because he was a reflection of God's image. So again, him pouring out um, his light, covering us with his light, it now, like we have no choice but um, to allow him to be seen through us. Okay, uh, let's see. Number three, keep a shield over the word. Uh, I'm sorry, keep a shield of the word over you so that no fiery dart of the devil uh, can penetrate your life. Okay, um, I'll give you a couple Bible verses in there. Romans 10, 17, James 4, 7, and Psalm 5, 12. I'll repeat that really quickly. Romans 10, 17, James 4, 7, and Psalm 5, 12. Okay. So he his desire is to always protect you. He's not thinking, oh my gosh, like, did I not just tell him not to get into that sin again? Like, what the heck is, you know what? Forget it. Just, you know what? Just let the devil just have you. He doesn't do that. He doesn't overreact. Okay. He, he, come on guys. If we make a mistake, he knows, he knows our hearts. Now, granted, we're not talking about habitual things, um, habitual things that is making a choice to sin. We're talking about mistakes. Okay. Those are accidentals. Not when you make a choice, you know, you're about to do something wrong. You still do it anyways. We're not talking about that. And even then he shows us grace. We still have to face the consequences, but he still shows us grace in those moments. All right, number four, um, your security will be determined by how much time and attention you give to God and his word um, in this life. So keep in mind that you striving to be closer with the Lord, etc., that means you are diving in his word, right? We talked about boundaries that you are setting, that your children are watching, um, you set for your own life, and you are not just saying, right? So you're not teaching your kid to say, um, well, I said I loved you, so like, you're going to protect me or what? Like, you're going to give me what I want? Or like, you know, if you're treating God that way, why would you think that your child is going to respect you now? Well, I know you're going to give it to me anyways. So if I'm disrespectful, then, you know, so be it. If I got to suffer a consequence, whatever. But I mean, you're still going to do what I want you to do. Why would you think that that attitude in them is wrong when you do that with the Lord? So be careful with yourself, your own actions, your boundaries that you set for yourself, yourself, your disciplines, 
make sure they line up with how God wants you to move. Um, Psalm 121, it kind of goes into that. Um, there was a commentary that said, to the extent that man pays attention to the word of God and safeguards his commands, God will safeguard him. Okay, so in my previous podcast, I mentioned God is not a genie. Okay, this is not magic, hocus pocus. You know, I say I love you. You give me everything that I want in this world. It doesn't work that way. That's that's entitlement. That's manipulation. That's that's gross. Okay, you want your children to see a real man of God. You want that. Okay. And number five, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Okay. That is in a number of places. Um, I'll give you some Bible verses for that. Psalm 16 and 11. Psalms 121, um, verses 1 and 2. Um, let's see. Get your eyes on God. He's your help and deliverance. So I just want to make sure everybody understands when it says, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Um, we're not talking about, like, right, you could be unhappy in a situation, right? That those are your emotions and your feelings and stuff like that. I'm not happy if I stub my toe, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, yay, I love pain. We're not going to do that. Um, however, I know that this is temporary. I stub my toe, no big deal. I'm not bleeding. You know, I'm not, um, I don't know. I didn't chip a nail, whatever. When you stub your toe, basically think about the things that you think about, uh, or you look at your foot or whatnot. Um, having the joy of the Lord, you're, you're, you're still have this excitement inside of you because, um, circumstances come and go life changes constantly. And that excitement that we have is because we know that the Lord is constant. Okay. He's constant, even when life has its ups and downs. So that that's what it means to have, um, or, or allowing the, the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Uh, let me see if there's any other Bible verses that I wanted to give out to you guys today. Um, repeating that the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. Um, and then also Psalms 5.11. Um, but let those who take refuge and put and put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever sing and shout for joy because you make a covering over them and defend them. That's beautiful. So men, you have a choice today, again, to move the way the most high has called you to move. We talked about five ways that you can make your children feel unsafe and how to fix that by emulating the Lord. 
after seeing just how much he loves you and how he wants you to feel safe as well. I hope you put this into practice ASAP, okay? There's no um, better time than now. Thank you for tuning in to A Honeybee Podcast. If you were touched by this episode, please feel free to share with a friend. Until next time. Thank you.